been another week on WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz. This one, your host, Greg Sims, the other host who's finally back from his trip from Florida via Hawaii and Cuba, which was kind of weird, but that's how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Andy Bozak uh, with an S, not his, oh no, with a Z, not an S. He's a different Bozak. Yes. Yeah. B O Z. B O Z. And after we psychoanalyze him today, you'll see how really different he is. Because that's a little lead into our guest, <laughs> who's looking at me going, why did I agree to be on here? <laughs> and it's Angie Valenti. Yes. I said it right. Yes. I didn't think I was going to say it Great right. Job. Great job. <laughs> well, it also helps when she's got a tag on her shirt that helps me out. She did that on purpose so that I can I can read it. And, and yeah, it's not on my, my chicken scratch. <laughs> But anyways, um, and Angie, you are, you have a couple hats. Yes. You are an EM emergency management agency volunteer. That's right. And you're also a clinical psychologist. Right. Yes. I work at Doolin Counseling Center in Chesterton, which is right across from the public library. Okay. So people have an idea where that is. Okay. And uh, you reside in Valpo, so you're a Valpo person. Yes. Yeah. See, Andy is north, you know, so we kind of. We lean towards the Valpo. We, you know, that's why he's got a little bit of both, a little bit of both worlds right there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and off the air, we were talking about what a clinical psychologist does, and and also some of the EMA. So she's gonna, you know, she's she's got both hats on, and we can go back and forth and inform the listeners of what an awesome resource we have for the county plus. She's an awesome resource for people that might need some therapy. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Like you, Andy. I think we all need therapy. <laughs> Especially after our meeting last night, right? Oh, man. <laughs> and the commissioner's meeting the night before. Yeah. Yes. So, all right. Well, and, and the first thing that Angie did was uh, when she walked in, she handed me a National Weather Service heat safety for you and your family guide. And by the way, this would be kind of for the EMA, I would imagine. Right, yeah. So we hand out these brochures at our various outreach events, which we are having one this uh, Saturday, the uh, multi-agency uh, academic cooperative uh, out in Valpo there are going to be uh, the firefighter training center. are going to be doing the first responder appreciation and demonstration day. Is that at the MAC Center? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, yep, that's the MAC Center from 9 until uh, 2 o'clock. They're families. So okay. Is that a free? Uh, it is free, free? yes. Okay. And you can go to their website and sign up, uh, register for free. And obviously they're taking donations for you know their cause and providing free trainings for first responders. But, yeah, it's okay. going to be so that was So that was last weekend, right? No, it's this week. <laughs> yeah. It's this yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the time the show airs, it'll air on Tuesday next oh, week. Oh, I gotcha, so. gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last weekend. But it was a wonderful event, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But um, so and, and then you, you had mentioned that, OK, it's it's a hundred and what, 10 degrees with the heat index yeah, today, something so like it's, that. It's very, very hot today. We're under an extreme heat warning. And so we advise people to stay inside and stay cool. But if you have to be outside, make sure you're hydrated. Uh, make sure to take breaks. Um, if you need to go back inside for a few minutes, do that. Come back down. But but yeah, it's very dangerous heat today. Okay. And, and as a matter too. of fact, my my wife had already gotten phone calls from my kids who said it's too hot to ride the bus today. Can you come pick me up? And what? I started laughing. <laughs> Isn't the bus air conditioned? No buses are air conditioned. I don't think. <laughs> oh, that's None right. The school bus. They ride a Doonland bus. Oh. I'm sure the Valpo buses are more comfortable. <laughs> Just a little bit of rivalry there. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I have not been on a school bus. Even I, I tell a lot of people, when I was in high school, we didn't have school buses. Wow. We, we, got yeah. to, we had to get to school ourselves. And yeah. we wow. took what we called the green limousine, which was the, the Chicago public mm. transportation. It cost 25 cents. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. And he was in a school house. It was, it was one room, all nine, <laughs> nine classes. And it was red. 
And, yes. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And, and on occasion when we walked to school, it was uphill both ways, and it was very nasty <laughs> weather conditions. Yeah, it's like six feet of snow <laughs> yeah. and, you know, hail and everything else going on. And actually, I only did that once. We had, uh, God, what year was it? Maybe 81. And it was a really bad snowstorm, and a lot of the buses were really slow running, and if oh, they yeah. were, they were full, so you couldn't get on them. Mm -hmm. So I actually walked home from school, but that was just once, and it was like five miles. Oh, wow. It wasn't. Well, yeah, well, it was, you know, you start walking, and you don't realize it. No. And the next thing you know, you're close to home, and then one of the buses was somewhat empty, but I'm like, I'm like three blocks away. I'm just going to walk. You're just almost there. And then I can say I did it. You know? <laughs> That's right. You can tell the story. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, maybe I need therapy from my, uh, you know, my high school years of all that uh, stuff going on. And, and the, the people I have on the radio show, uh, or the co-host on the radio show that I have to deal with. You know, I can use some therapy from that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> we need a couch. I can't disagree there. <laughs> Now, when when you give therapy, is it like the TV show where you you sit, lay on a couch and someone no, just kind of talks? It's not like that at all. <laughs> it's it's just you know I'm sitting in my chair and so sitting on the couch and we're just talking. You know, okay. if I'm with a kid, we're sitting at a table, we're doing an activity, we're playing, we're doing a board game, we're just talking. Okay. Uh, yeah. So. Well, and I don't know if you heard, but Frasier is coming back. Oh, I did. On the Peacock wow. Network. Yeah. Like They're wow. going to move some new episodes, and it's going to be most of the old cast. So. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, that's, that's cool. Really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of talking about, when I heard that this morning, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. We have a clinical therapist coming on the radio show. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. See, there I am. Because I'm sure, you know, we can watch TV sometimes and get therapy by that, right? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not the same. <laughs> Sadly, not the same. It would be so easy that way, now, wouldn't it? It'd be a lot cheaper, but yeah, you know. Hey. Yeah, less uh. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like telehealth, but you know. Oh, is there such? Oh, I guess there would be. Yeah. So during the pandemic, uh, so March seventeenth, twenty twenty, we had our last day in the office, and then uh, we were out for two weeks. Of course, then I was over here at EMA in the Emergency Operations Center. We were trying to help coordinate all the PPE that was being distributed to first mm -hmm. responders. But then after that, I was home doing telehealth. We got it all set up, and that wow. was for a whole year. So it was so, less like like a Zoom meeting, yeah. but with therapy. Right, a, a therapy yeah, Zoom. basically, yeah. And how did that, did that compare, was it, did it work out okay in the, you know, when you look back at it? Yeah, well, better than not having any. Yeah. Know? And uh, people, well, you, you probably know, people really needed it. Yeah. Um, they were caught up in their homes and families were stuck together uh, mm -hmm. for long periods of time. Andy's got 10 kids, by the way, so oh, yeah, he, okay. he had so an experience. You understand it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he put a tent in the yard so he can kind of get away a little bit. That was his office. You know, I think some people might have actually done that, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I didn't do that. I sent the kids out to the tent. I stayed inside. Oh, that's an even better idea. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. So. And, and, and he's got a black car with pink striping. Actually, oh. you know what? Looking back, it's his Barbie car. You know, Ooh. Yeah, that could be super popular right now. <laughs> Other people want that. You're right. I should sign up for Uber and get Barbie car rides. <laughs> yeah. Get extra tips. <laughs> You're dang right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, that's kind of funny. So, so Angie, for the EMA, what do you do? Yeah. So I am the outreach section leader, so I'm responsible for uh, helping coordinate all the outreach events. So the MAC Thrill Show is, is one of the uh, events that we put on. We've also, uh, we're at the Sunset Hill Farm uh, Touch a Truck event, so we had a table oh. there and we give out information, kind of like what I showed you here with mm -hmm. the Extreme Heat. Right. Uh, safety brochure, we talk to people about EMA, what the mission and vision is of emergency management, just how people uh, prepare for, respond to, and recover from critical incidents and natural disasters. So, the better prepared you are, you know, when the thing happens, you're ready. Uh, yeah. And it's important to have plans for your family, for yourself as an individual at work. And so, we try to educate people specifically in different hazards what those plans need to be and uh, how they can do that at home with their kids. And that's something also I've integrated in my practice at work. So, Storm anxiety is not uncommon with children that have anxiety issues. Oh. So it's kind of fun because I get to pull out, you know, some of the FEMA workbooks okay. and uh, work with the kids on 
Well, one way to reduce your anxiety is actually to have a plan and uh, work with that and get your emergency kit together at home and practice that plan and it really works well so it's kind of neat that way so when there's a tornado out andy you don't send your kids outside you keep them in the basement no they get mad at me because i send them to the basement and i'm the one outside (laughs) and they're dad get get down here i'm like no i'm living large that's uh yeah there's memes about that Andy. (laughs) and we're not endorsing that by the way this show does not endorse that kind of behavior no, no. <laughs> but I will tell you that when I was in college, we did have a tornado come through. It was up in Wisconsin, yeah. and and I was out, and I got yelled at because yeah, yeah. And it was about a mile away. I mean, it was. Oh it Turned out it wasn't. It wasn't end up being dangerous to us because it, yeah. it moved, but it was pretty intense for a while. Oh yeah, it can be really intense. Uh, I've responded to one tornado. I don't know if you remember the Henryville tornado. I believe it was in 2012. It, and there were two tornadoes that actually passed through the school there, uh, destroyed some of the school through a bus into somebody's house. So there's pictures online, and there's actually a Weather Channel special on it. But, oh, wow. But that was, uh, that was pretty intense because you would, we, uh, Drew Klatt, who was the uh, deputy director for emergency management with IDMHA, that's the Indiana Department of Health. Okay, it's a big wig. He, was, uh, he called me up and said, hey, I need you down there. So I went down there and, you know, you really learn about how people respond to something like that. Uh, and it's such a diversity response. So if someone's home was completely, you know, demolished right. and they're, you know, really obviously upset. And then you might have another house that's perfectly fine. Like uh, right next door. Yeah, it's just it, really weird. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And you also see, you know, people's resilience. So there's some people you talk to that are like, yeah, you know, I just kind of took one of those big, huge softball size hail balls and put them in a cup and, uh, you know, made a drink out of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll show you weather. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So you get to see how people survive and cope you mm-hmm. know, with a really horrible situation and people coming together. It's really amazing. It's really moving. Now, do you ever, when you go to a devastated area, do you ever revisit it a year later and just say hello or anything? I, or? No, we, uh, not that I recall it. We did that. Um, it was just a few of us that got deployed down there and uh, we went door to door and talked mm. to people and uh, you know, it's quite emotional. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but no, I, I saw some pictures a year later of how far they'd come. But, a yeah. big change, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of amazing. It, it takes a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a while for a community to heal. I don't know if you remember 2008, the Munster floods. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So I had that was my first response, and uh, I got to drive with uh, Stephen Shackle and uh, some of the other people that came out from Indiana Homeland and looked at mm-hmm. all the different areas and you know see how much devastation there was. But yeah, that t- that took a long time to uh, come back from that as people lost their stuff, and which people are very attached, you know, right. to their things, and uh, so. You know, we had groups uh, we did with kids. Uh, we had support for adults, you know, talking on the phone and following up with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was quite a quite a big deal. But, yeah. So now when you do that, does somebody pay you or is that your volunteer, you know, therapy kind of a thing? So uh, sometimes if, if uh, there's a – so depending on how the FEMA money – is spent mm-hmm. sometimes there may be some kind of stipend but sometimes there's not mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like one of those things but i just always would drive back from those and just you just feel like you know wow that was really something mm-hmm. you know, just seeing people come together and knowing that there was an impact made and you, you helped somebody yeah you helped with a, po- a positive impact yeah you know you did some good for some people that needed some help yeah yeah and that was I responded to those incidents when I was on the uh, disaster mental health team for District 1, and Sandy Appleby was in charge of that team, and then I kind of became like a co-leader as, I, as time went on. But uh, we did a lot of different things. You know, I feel really fortunate that mm-hmm. I got to do that. Uh, we, had, we also did some school responses where there were suicides in schools, and we'd go in to help the classroom. Oh, wow. Uh, deal with that. We also had a dog team that would go and uh, support alongside us. 
because sometimes it's really hard to talk about, you know, something that happened like that, and the dogs would just kind of loosen people up. Mm -hmm. We had all kind of different dogs on the team, too, so it was really fun. Now, do you still... Oh, like a support dog? Yeah, kind of like, I would say, a canine assisted crisis response. That was kind of the name of our team. Because we, last night, uh, actually authorized some money for the sheriff to get a support dog oh, to awesome. use throughout the jail and throughout the county. Oh, it's kind of cool. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. and at a school today, we were talking about it and one of the SROs had mentioned that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're really excited about, uh, it's going to take some time for that dog to be, cause I guess once they get the approval to get one, then they put in like an order mm-hmm. and then it's a puppy or whatever that gets trained and it's like six months later then someone goes down and yeah. picks it up. And we had special trainings for our dogs because our dogs would be on incidents. So we had to work on uh, discipline with them. They had to be what they call Delta Society trained, which is a special series of you know uh, trainings that they get and along with some desensitization of like mm. fire sirens and oh, okay. different things like that. And then exercises to help them kind of get the emotions out of their body in a sense because they're taking on a lot of trauma from people just kind of being there and petting mm-hmm. them and talking about things. So we had these big huge ropes we'd whip around and they'd just run around. And, wow. Yeah, it was huh. really, it was a good time. It was great. Is there a certain fun. kind of dog uh, that that's more prevalent in that than any uh, we had all kind of dogs on our team we had what we call the floppier dogs and the pointier dogs oh so yeah we had all and we had little ones too so <laughs> yeah we, we had quite a i have a picture here right. i don't know um but uh but yeah Jean marie thompson was the psychologist that oh led that team and that those teams ended about six years ago um, Why? What? I mean, it sounds like it was a good program. Yeah. So Drew Clatt had uh, years ago, right before, I think after they got back from Hurricane Katrina, mm-hmm. a bunch of them had decided they wanted to have different uh, response, mental health response teams in the different districts. Mm-hmm. And he had done some work in uh, with the tribes in Sudan uh, with peacekeeping efforts in Africa through his Episcopal Church and brought some of that knowledge back to Indiana. And we had the the top, some of the top rated teams in the country for a while in terms of disaster mental health response because some of the work that he did. Wow, and Lake and, was it Porter County? Was it Lake County? It was 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 District 1, so Lake, Porter, LaPorte, uh, Newton, Jasper County was District 1. Yeah. So, well, you know, uh, there are different people come in power in different mm-hmm. positions. Drew, unfortunately, died of cancer. Mm. Uh, and oh. Yeah, that was really tragic. And then, uh, you know, different agendas with different mm-hmm. people, leaders in power. Right. So the team concept changed, and it was to go more through the uh, mental health center. So um, there are still dog teams around. Uh, I think Lutheran Church has a dog team. Uh, there may be others I'm not aware of. But, Have yeah. you ever thought about getting a dog for your practice? I mean, is that something that You know, when I was do, active with the dog, too, I thought about it. But then, you know, some people, especially people with anxiety, can be afraid of dogs. Mm. And so uh, I decided maybe that wasn't such a, such a great idea. But... Get a stuffed animal. Oh, we've got plenty of those. <laughs> oh, no, I was just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we have plenty of those in the office for the little kids. Uh, that actually helps uh, a lot of the younger ones open up because they've never been to therapy before. They don't know what to expect. There's these adults in the room, and they're supposed to talk about all these, you know, serious things. Oh, so. Okay, now, now let's talk about that. All right, how does somebody get – how does a kid get – not warned, but uh, – Okay, I mean, do, do parents or whoever's in charge just drop a kid off, or do they? No. Do, do you sit with a kid and say, "This is what yeah. was going to happen"? So for a first session, uh, typically we recommend that parents would talk to kids about what's going to happen before they get there. Sometimes it does not happen, <laughs> uh, but I kind of encourage people to discuss it more. Like, well, you know, you go to the doctor and they check you out make sure you're physically okay well this doctor's kind of like a worry doctor you know mm-hmm. make sure that you know the things you're worried about at school you're worried about a test you're worried about your fr- things with friends mm-hmm. uh and there's someone you can talk to about those things so, so as a child i i had adhd and i was going to see a psychiatrist for probably about six months and what I found helpful, it was, it's, it's someone to listen to my side of the story. You know, if, if I was 
in a fight with a teacher or my mom or dad, and it's usually because I was being too wild or whatnot. It gave me an opportunity to express my feelings, have somebody listen to them, and then kind of get that outsider's point of view. So I thought it was very helpful. And, you know, we did the same thing. We, we would play games. We would actually play, sorry, that was one of my favorite games to play while we were there. And we, you know, all of a sudden I'm talking and I, didn't realize that, you know, it, the hour went by. <laughs> yeah, it goes by fast. Yeah. Kind of like a radio show. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> so you mentioned a few times anxiety. Is that one of the, the major things that people come to see? Is that the. Yes. So with kids, adolescents, and adults, depression and anxiety are pretty common. And those come about through different ways. You know, sometimes people have a predisposition to anxiety in their family and then they reach a certain age and that, you know, kind of becomes an issue. Hmm. Or something has happened in their family, there's a family transition or grief and loss or trauma. I'm a grief and loss and trauma, you know, psychologist. Uh, so that's kind of my areas of specialty, which part is part of what led me to want to do disaster mental health work and then eventually emergency management uh, work under uh, Lance Bell, our director. But uh, yeah, so I've just uh, appreciated all the mentorship I've gotten over the years, you know, mm -hmm. not only in my field, but just outside of my field in emergency management. And Lance Bell has been great, um, Sandy Appleby, Jean Marie Thompson. So uh, I think that you know, kids nowadays, there's there's a lot of stresses that I think about that they I didn't have growing up that they have. Is, is mm -hmm. a cell phone or social media? A social big media has got to be yeah. big. Yeah. 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 So they're constantly exposed to information, and our brain needs a break. Even us as adults need a break, and it's hard because we're so you know connected mm -hmm. uh, with the phones, but. It's a good, healthy thing to just put that down for a while and relax, you know, talk to your family, sit outside. You know. Well, we were with Andy last night, and, and he lost his phone, and he freaked out for quite a matter of fact, he called the police seeing if someone returned it in. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that didn't happen quite like that. But, but we did unplug, and we sat there and had normal conversation between three of us. We relaxed, and none of us were on our phones. That's you know, true. we may have had an adult beverage, but, you know, it was. <laughs> it, it, it was kind of disconnected from the online life, you know, because a lot of times when you sit down with three people, one person's on their phone or the other that's person's right. on their phone, and that wasn't like that last night. No, that's, you're right. That's true. And it was, yeah, it was nice. And But you know what, too, is there was a couple people that were sitting in a couple other tables, and I saw the same thing. It was a... Uh, so it's kind of neat, and and of course, there's people walking by that had their phones, but you know it is what it is. But yeah, right. So kids are their brains and aren't as big as ours to be able to handle all that emotional information. So, I think it's up to us to really model healthy behavior with social media and the phone, and teach them about how to know when to step away. And uh, it almost sounds like maybe that should be a class in schools or something somehow, oh, yeah. or at least yeah. a. Uh, like a, a week of learning somehow, but I wouldn't even know what class would you even sure. put that in or yeah. what, what grade level would you put that in? Right, yeah. Exactly. That'd be. Because uh, I see kids having phones from age seven to 14 when pe parents start. There's just such a diversity in terms of when parents are saying, okay, now's the time. So. Well, uh, some of Andy's young kids, I think he's got, what, a, a one year old and a three year old and then eight. Wow. Eight, eight in the teens. And, and None of that's one... true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be somewhat true. <laughs> it could be somewhat. They were at one point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what, what's your youngest, Andy? How, and, and they've got, do they have a phone? He's six. 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 Does she no have a phone? No phone yet. No phone Not yet. yet. Okay. But so, I don't that know if you child, guys... That seen... could be parent abuse, isn't it? Child abuse. <laughs> it might be. So... There's this, this show, and it came out on Netflix, I think, in 2020, and you guys might have seen it. It's called The Social Dilemma, and it's all about how these social media companies are brainwashing our kids and, and making it addictive to hold your phone and mm -hmm. getting your neurons fired up and everything else. Oh, so wow. I made my kids watch that show mm -hmm. because it's executives that were part of these companies that were doing it, and the guy's like, my kids have phones, and they're still brainwashed, and they can't put it down. It's just... It's really interesting the 
stuff that they know about you and are able to target you so you don't put that phone down, especially with these eight second videos now. TikTok videos, oh my goodness, are they addicting? Wow. You know, I don't have TikTok, but. No, I don't either. Uh-huh. Liars. Both of you are well, liars. But there's, no, honestly. I don't have I will use TikTok as a China, but there's, there's other. YouTube has YouTube shorts. Facebook has their one. So they're all those same eight second, 10 second videos that are just. Once you get in the loop, you're like, all right, just one more. It's only a few seconds. And then you're there for 20 minutes. You're like, oh, my goodness, what did I just do? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah, you're right. So I imagine part of the therapy of that is, is trying to get people off their phone or to take, yes. like you said, unplug. That's or, not or, an or, uncommon conversation I'm having with <laughs> parents or kids or teens. And so diversifying their fun, right? Let's say, oh, yes, it's fun to play video games. It's fun to be on your phone. But how about sitting down and playing a game with your friends, a tabletop board game, or going outside and throwing a ball around, or finding a new hobby? It's too hot to go outside. Not today. No, yeah. today. Don't recommend that today. But yeah, just trying to find new hobbies and things to do and discover different things about yourself. It's really important. So. There you go. Yeah. The uh, yeah. Um, so now, back to your EMA stuff because I knew we were going to bounce back and forth. What uh, what made you get involved? Like, did you wake up one day, hear a commercial, or uh, I don't know, talk to and somebody? The, <laughs> and let's preface it with saying that EMA is a volunteer job. So I mean, she gets a little stipend, but it's not really much. And so when she's explaining all this, she's doing it pretty much for free. Am I right? Yeah, so it's volunteer, and I know that the stipend was just passed this past this year, and we appreciate that. That was very nice. Um, I don't know, did Andy? Did you vote no for that? I can't remember. No, I did not oh. vote no for first responders. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I would have voted no, the only reason I would have been because I would have said it wasn't big enough. Oh, that's very really nice. That's very really nice. So, wow. Yeah. So yeah, that is much appreciated. Uh, <laughs> So with EMA, I had already been doing the disaster mental health work. I started that in 2007. And actually, this is my 10th year with emergency management in Port County. Um, Oh, wow. I was at a hazmat operations uh, training in uh, Lake Village, Indiana. I bought a Roadrunner in Lake Village, Indiana. Yes, I did. So Mike Weber was there with Lori Poetsma and... Dr. Jean-Marie Thompson, go take this class because we might be in a hazardous material situation someday. Okay. So I'm taking this class and then really enjoyed it. It was very interesting. Uh, Toward the uh, end, Mike Weber approached me. He was the deputy director here at the time. And he said, hey, you know, we'd really like to have you over at EMA. You interested in volunteering? Okay, I'll go. You know, so I went to my first. It wasn't much of an arm twist, was it? No, no. no I, I love doing it. I think I was on three different teams at that time because I was on the dog team, disaster mental health, and then EMA. But uh, yeah, I went to a meeting. And I was hooked. Wow. So I met Russell Shirley, who was a past EMA director, and and yeah, I love the idea of incident management, uh, like kind of looking at the big picture of how operations are supposed to be running and how we could support first responders. Because how we like to talk about our role is, you know, we're not the guys in the fire fighting the bad guys, but we're kind of the setup crew, mm-hmm. right? So we have a rehabilitation trailer. So on a hot day like today, if firefighters really needed to call off, we could bring that. They needed that trailer, they could give us a call and we take it over. Mm-hmm. They can uh, rehab in there. Uh, we have light towers for scene lighting uh, at night. Uh, doing some kind of operation. We've got a couple of boats uh, mm-hmm. help out with search and rescue. And uh, we have some couple generators uh, help with power. Well, and you have a big command vehicle, right? Yes, that, the command truck. communication kind of right. yes, thing. Yes, the command truck. And some people might have seen that. Was it at the fair, the county fair? It was fair? at the fair. Okay. We were doing weather monitoring at the fair. So something new I got to do this year that I really enjoyed was uh, talking to the National Weather Service and getting updates on uh, the weather every uh, so often. And it just happened that there was a storm, so I got to talk to them fairly often. Wow. And then report that to another EMA volunteer who discussed that uh, with the uh, with the Chief Rob. So if something had to be cleared, because I remember years ago we had uh, Toby Keith and we had to clear out mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. it was a really bad storm. Would that be the 
that EMA would be involved in hearing it first and then, then using that yeah, information so to say? There's a team of uh, people that are involved with mm -hmm. that, an emergency plan uh, for specifically for the fair. And there's a bunch of other uh, people involved with that. Lance uh, Bella and mm -hmm. uh, Rob, Chief Rob Hostart is uh, helping with that. But uh, there's, yeah, a lot of people's eyes looking at a document like that has to get approved. And, yeah. Well, yeah, it's all written down. <laughs> now, was there anything uh, at the fair, you guys were there this year, was there anything, I don't know, big that happened or something, uh, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I heard Greg broke up some fights. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when, when I was there Saturday, we just had the storm that came in. So okay. So we dealt with that. I was talking to the weather service every 15 minutes. We were monitoring the weather. and. Mm -hmm. Uh, making different determinations with what would happen with the concert based on you know various weather conditions so sometimes there might be a delay you know mm -hmm. sometimes we might have to take down certain equipment uh, with the concert so it doesn't blow away or no right hurt. right so yeah wow that's good that's kind of cool did anything change after that disaster when the storm hit down in indianapolis and those people got killed or yeah i think there were some changes i don't know specifically what those were oh okay but yeah i think there were i recall some reading changes. that there were some changes but i don't recall what those were. sorry i didn't mean to put you on the spot <laughs> oh no it's all right it's all right it's a good question yeah and oh hey and this is uh wvlp 103.1 fm porter county buzz and usually Andy reminds me, but I forgot to thank our sponsors, the Independent Order of Odd Fellows, Chequick yeah, Lodge number 56, downtown Valparaiso. And uh, they're celebrating their 175th year in Valpo this year. So it's kind of a kind of a cool thing. And uh, they'll When's be the big party? Yeah, uh, actually, the, <laughs> it's kind of funny you said that, actually. Um, they're actually going to have a party with the chamber, the Valpo chamber somewhere oh, in cool. december so when i find out the date i will let you know but i think their birth date or the the day of inception was uh december 2nd and if i i think they're trying to coordinate that date oh, this year cool. yeah. with that so uh, I'll, I'll verify everything down the road and uh yeah it's kind of cool they're also going to be uh there's a hot wheels race coming up at um september 7th at the popcorn fest and um there's also i will mention this too uh the Wanata Scarecrow Festival, there'll be a car show on Sunday, September 24th from 9 to 2. And uh, it's uh, it's also sponsored by the Odd Fellows. So they're doing some cool stuff in our community. And um, they're always looking for some volunteers or some people that want to be involved with help, people helping people and stuff like that. So, wow, I gave them a... Where can they get information if they wanted to find out more? Oh, I knew you were going to do that. Uh, Call Greg's Tim's cell phone <laughs> <laughs> or email us at PC Buzz. There what you is go. it? PC Buzz 103 or something? Yes. What's the email address? Yeah. PC Buzz 103 at yahoo.com. There yep. you go. Yep. So if you yep. need more info, just email us and we'll get you. Absolutely. The right and then, too, and if you, uh, you know, if anyone listening has an idea about a, you know, a guest or, you know, let us know as well because we always welcome that. Or if you have a question about something that from a previous guest, they, uh, potential future guest and you want to know something we'll be happy to address those as as they come up hey so, by the way greg are you checking that email uh box is it being monitored it is it is being monitored yes. <laughs> i was gonna say it'd be pretty funny if we logged in and there's a hundred emails <laughs> oh dear no he's all caught up it's all good it's all okay good. uh but uh yeah i don't go on vacation as much as you so i actually i, I work Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> His wife's an airline um, stewardess, so he gets to fly for free. So this guy's gone. I mean, he travels the world. It's awesome. Yeah, but it costs me money. It's not free. Nothing in oh, life I is thought it was free. free. Yeah. I just assumed. <laughs> no. No. Last time I was in Atlanta, actually somebody else paid, but it wasn't me. Anyways, that's a whole other story. <laughs> Anyway. So what cool things what cool things you guys got going on over at EMA? I know you guys just got a new flagpole, correct? Yes. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Yes. That was a great ceremony. Yeah. Got the new flagpole over there. Uh, we're just getting ready for the uh, first responder appreciation day Saturday. So we're taking awesome. some of the stuff over there today. So that'll be exciting. Uh, then we're going to have an open house uh, at some point. Uh, 
probably not for the public, but oh. um, uh, more for, I think, uh, first responders and uh, government. But uh, Government but officials? Yeah, but at some point, we want to do that. That live in Valpo, not not Burns Arbor? <laughs> yeah, everyone but oh, Burns Arbor is no. invited. <laughs> That's right. You can invite Andy. He won't come. He never comes to anything <laughs> fun. It's oh. just the way it is. <laughs> what you got? Time. What did you? How many kids do I got? <laughs> I think you're up to nine, or is it ten? Yeah, I think, wow. Yeah. <laughs> And Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Yes. No, that'd be good. Um, but have you ever thought about that, having an open? I mean. Yeah, we've it, discussed that, and that's something we want to do uh, somewhere down the line, is mm -hmm. being able to help educate people about what we do, how to prepare, uh, showing them, you know, hey, this is uh, here, mm -hmm. and this is our role in the community. and. Right. What you can learn, you know, we have a vision also for putting on classes for the community to help with preparedness. So, oh. you know, tornado safety, heat safety, how to put together a disaster kit, you know, various things like that. Some of that is always already going on at the MAC, but yeah, we mm. like to have some classes. Stop, like drop, and roll. Yeah. The firefighters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the big truck, the mobile command unit yeah. you guys are talking about, right. that says. Doesn't it say Indiana Department of Homeland Security on the side? Yeah, so that is a District 1 asset. That is not a county asset. But, yeah, so that is the state of Indiana is divided into uh, various Homeland Security districts. And so that truck, I think Phil Griffith was the first person, first director that had that truck after 9-11. So, yeah. yeah. So my question is, is what do you guys do with Homeland Security? Is there a relation there? Like when you think about it, Right after 9-11, I know there was a yeah. big talk about protecting the nation and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Do you guys do that, or is it mainly just handling emergencies? So that, that or, is used in the district for various events. It could be planned events, like the fair, mm -hmm. or it could be an unplanned event where something happens and they need a truck for uh, communication and to serve as a, um, uh, a base. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Base of operations. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if District 1 is those multiple counties, how did we get it? Uh, I'm not sure how that happened. You'd have to talk <laughs> to Andy. We stole it, Andy. We stole it. Yeah, it just... I well, think... I know there's a cost involved to the county, so <laughs> it's not free. <laughs> yeah, so it's housed here. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's great that it's here. I was just kind of... Yeah, yeah you know, I'm not sure how that happened. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't here back then. So. But, uh, but there's a process for the different counties being able to access it. They sign up to get it, and then, you know, the different emergency management directors will come get it. And use it. Okay. So it was like using, like, county fair. Okay, know? so that would have been a question. So mm -hmm. you guys don't drive it there. Somebody from those districts yeah. come pick it They'll up. Come pick it up. And the various emergency management directors are trained in using it because okay. it's a quite sophisticated truck. Well, there's a lot in that truck. Uh, so, yeah. I saw a sophisticated That's a cool truck. truck. In, yeah, that's yeah. pretty neat. Yeah. There was a, a cool truck in Stripes, you know, years ago with, uh, who was it, Bill Murray and... Then uh, <laughs> we should that's do something movie. like that. Yeah, the, the RV that, that's oh, like yeah. on steroids. Sorry. We oh, need gosh. one of those. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> urban assault vehicle. Oh, dear. Yeah, there might be something like that at the match show. I don't know. You can stop by and find out if you want. Andy wants to have to take his kids to the Grand Canyon. Oh, you wow. know. Oh, <laughs> I want to drop them off in school in that sucker. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Only if it's got air conditioning, Andy. Right, no joke. Yeah, that's a conversation starter. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. But now that being said, is there any equipment that is coming soon or that you guys need that you don't have? Or are you guys pretty much what you have, you know, what you need is what you already have? Well, I think the, a good person to talk to about that would be Lance Bell, mm. the director. Um, there's always stuff that's you know needed because it's important to keep things updated and then uh sometimes you know as we see different need for different type of disasters we might need something mm -hmm. else uh so yeah lance bella would be a really good person to talk well, to you about that yeah that was a great answer too way to deflect and <laughs> give the props to your boss right i would have done the same thing <laughs> it <was awesome. laughs> it's kind of like my job every day you know? <laughs> Kind of like stop, drop, and roll. It's all, it all, it all works. <laughs> oh, I, I saw a meme on Facebook earlier. It said something about, um, our parents raised us with stop, drop, and roll. I really thought we'd be using that when we were older. <laughs> or, 
AK was much smoother on the, the meme. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, funny. That's, funny. that's why you're a truck dispatcher and not a comedian. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so Angie, what was the neatest experience you had? Like, uh, you know, I know you talked about the stuff in Munster and the hurricanes or the the tornado, not the hurricane. Yeah. But, the floods. Uh, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, anything else where you're like, holy oh, yeah. cow, that was wild. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember the Purdue shooting uh, any years ago. Gosh, I'm trying to remember what year it was. Was it 2014? I don't know. But we got a call that they wanted the dog team to come down. Oh, okay. So to serve as comfort. So we went down there, and Mike Weber also went with us. And uh, we went into this, I think it was like a gymnasium or something. We had quite a few dogs there that day. So we get the dogs out. You know, and some of the dogs just kind of lay there, and mm-hmm. some of the other ones are jumping around. Well, the students started parading in. Mm-hmm. And when they came in, they just looked like They'd seen a ghost. Like, wow. they looked awful. Mm-hmm. They were very traumatized. And after they started petting those dogs and playing with them, because they were playing with them too, their faces just lit up. Wow. It was just so wonderful. So you're really a big proponent in, in the therapy dogs or the comfort yeah. dogs or whatever. Yeah, you, I think they really tech. have an important role yeah. because yeah. it's hard to talk about, you know, horrible things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just... You need a little comfort yourself first before you're able to talk about what's happened. And, uh, yeah, it was neat. It was neat to see that. Now, now, that being said, is there any, like you, you had said, we don't have one now, but mm-hmm. is that something that EMA can get a dog and just have it mm, or no? Not really, mm. yeah. That's not really the setting for that. Mm. I think that's more probably something that either a disaster mental health team or something that's focused more on the psychological first aid support that that is more appropriate to have Mm -hmm. in in that capacity because that really works well together so when we both work together as teams we would uh, the the dog team would go in and we'd be talking to people and you could tell kind of who wanted to talk and it was Mm -hmm. like they knew we had our blue shirts on. They're like, those are the psychiatry people. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, okay. So, so someone had a dog. It was kind of like, oh. And the dog handlers themselves weren't necessarily the, the, the um, psychological first aid, you know, counselors. They were they were trained in it, mm-hmm. but they were more of the dog handlers. Then they were they would be uh, a disaster mental health worker next to them talking to the person. So yeah. so when something like that happens, and you mentioned blue shirts, so yeah, would, would someone say, okay, people with a blue shirt are the you know therapists, and ones with the green shirt are the dog handlers or the well, we we all actually had the blue shirts, but the okay. dog team members had a different logo. Oh, okay, they were actually a state asset. Uh, they yeah, they hmm. were a state asset, but. Uh, the blue shirt thing came at the very beginning when the teams were formed because Indiana Department of Homeland Security still thought of us as blue shirts because I just talked to somebody this year and they're like, oh, I recognize you. You're one of the blue shirts, weren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was one of the blue shirts. So that was just the shirt that Drew designed and okay. wanted yeah. it to be blue because, you know, he didn't want to step on any responder toes. That's what I would it do? Okay. Yeah, so other... something different, uh, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. So we had a uniform, so we weren't just like walking out there in street clothes. You right. Know, we had you were identifiable. Apart, you know? So, yeah. But now you said that that group is not together anymore? Yeah. No, the teams were disbanded because there's just a different model of how to do disaster mental health response. Oh. Okay, yeah. and they don't use animals or not a part of that anymore? I don't know. Um, I know that they were wanting to go through the community mental health centers and get people trained in psychological first aid. Uh, and then if something bad happened, then uh, those people would be deployed. But I'm oh, not sure okay. where, the, where that all went because um, I kind of lost touch with it all after that and was more focusing on emergency management. Um, oh, okay. Work, so. so you got sucked into the EMA a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I did, okay. definitely. And that's been really great because of learning more about that side of things, uh, learning more about uh, how the equipment works and working mm-hmm. the equipment and kind of our role as first responders alongside, you know, firefighters or mm-hmm. law enforcement. Uh, the other thing, some of the things I've learned along the way is about public information. And so those that, that's the messaging that uh, we put forth in uh, kind of every day, but also, you know, during a disaster and 
Micah Bell has really been helpful in mentoring me throughout the years mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. um, and there is a uh, kind of a overlap with my training as a psychologist and uh, public information oh, okay. a little bit too. So I get to do that. So like during COVID, I was push, we were pushing out messages about how to cope with stress. Uh, if you look, we'll go back there and look, those were some of the ones I did. And so part of the work I do with EMA is putting together uh, social media posts to help about preparedness. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, how to stay safe uh, during a tornado, mm -hmm. how to be prepared for severe storms, winter posts, what to, what to do, not to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, such as, you know, don't take your shovel out and shovel too much snow at the same time because you can get a heart attack. Right, know, stuff like that. right. So, yeah, so various posts, uh, those I created, and then uh, Lance has someone uh, put those up. Mm -hmm. Facebook page. So, oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So you have a Facebook page. So the people that want to, how do they catch that Facebook? So that is, um, if they want to like that page, it's going to be on the, uh, let me pull it up here, Porter County Emergency Management. Just search mm -hmm. and like that page and you'll see uh, not only our social media posts about preparedness, but uh, some of the work we do in terms of uh, outreach and any other information that's mm -hmm. important to the community such as uh, siren testing that would be outside of the normal you know siren date because we do maintain and uh, make sure that our sirens are all um, working and it, it takes some work I mean that's uh, a lot of uh, sophisticated equipment there as well uh, so so now speaking of the the sirens what mm -hmm. would a siren go off for under what conditions what Right. So right now our, our sirens are set up for uh, if there's a tornado um, warning to mm -hmm. go off. So National Weather Service sees some rotation or if a weather spotter calls it in, uh, you know, they can be set off. Um, but it's yeah. just tornadoes? Is that the as only thing? As far as I know, yeah. You could yeah. ask Lance Bella uh, more details about that, but yeah. yeah and, the, and the reason why I'd ask that is because, you know, with the, uh, the tragedy that's going on in Maui, Yeah. They were talking about the sirens were there for fires and and tsunamis yeah. and if hurricanes, you know, and I'm just I'm just listening, going, wow, that's a multiple set of stuff that would happen. Yeah. And I'm thinking, gosh, do we do that? You know, I mean, yeah. I, I knew tornadoes. Yeah. But I would have never known that if it was beyond a tornado, you know, hearing well, that what siren. What happens when they're? Yeah, I think it's an excellent question and maybe something to oh. talk about. Yeah. <clears throat> I always wondered, and I know it's a dumb question, but I always wondered if they would be used, God forbid, that Chicago was ever attacked, like air raid sirens. I yeah, think. you know, right. I, don't, I don't know right. the answer to that, but I think you're asking some good questions. Um, we do have the uh, Smart 911 uh, where people can sign up and get the alerts. We also have Rave. So that's uh, and do the nine one one. Explain that one a little bit oh, more. Oh yeah, sure. So Smart nine one one. It's an app on your phone. You can sign up. Uh, it's right here. Uh, tap. And uh, so if I press it, are the police going to come here? No, they're not oh. going to come here. <laughs> no, it's not the active nine one one. Can I send them to Andy's house? <laughs> I don't know if you'd like that or not. <laughs> I just got swatted by Sims. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. So right now, so you okay. can sign up for Smart nine one one. You download the app. We put your information in. Uh, name, address, it's going to ask some more detailed information. That's to help first responders know, you know, how, what pets you have in your home. And you can even like attach pictures and things like that. It's pretty interesting. But your you, kids' ages, if, if they've got medical conditions, yes. stuff oh. like that, it, yeah. it tackles a lot. Yeah, but, it really does. But see, now I'm looking at hers and she's got a notification about a county stormwater road closing. Yeah, it'll give you, that, so that's you can too? sign up for different, uh, It'll list Notifications? them out. You can check the boxes. Wow. I happen to have probably all of them checked <laughs> just because I want to know what's going on. What Andy had for dinner? What, what restaurant is frequenting? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a popular place now. <laughs> yeah, so he likes Eric uh, Wagner's ribs is one of his favorites. I've still been there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is. An, I highly, strongly recommend um, people get this app because this is a great way to. Keep current on any warnings that you need to be aware of. Um, it'll pull up the winter warnings. So, you know, mm -hmm. you could just check the boxes on the ones you want to. to and but to build off of that, you don't have to have the app to get the notifications like right. she's talking about. You do, but the other benefits that we were talking about, if you have a first responder at your home and they need to know that your kid is 
um, got a problem where he's afraid of the police or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can put that info in there and you can do it through the website as well. So yes. if you don't have a smartphone, you can still use the service. You just won't get the alerts unless you, well, you get them through email, you but through they won't email, alert on your phone. I think I get text messages too. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly right, Andy. You can do that through the website. You don't have to have a phone. So that's a, a great resource. And then, of course, we have the rave alerts uh, where, you know, if there's some kind of... Like rave parties? That's like where the good parties are? That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going. Why would we need that? I'm signing up for these. <laughs> Yeah. Andy is a socialite, by the way. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what is a rave? So well, those rave alerts are through the um, county and dispatch and set those off and push them through. Um, so like if there's a tornado warning or something that mm-hmm. it'll push through to your uh, wireless device. So I think people get backwards uh, called to through 911. So you hmm. get a phone call. Wow. Um, so yeah. Wow. Pretty good. Oh, and that's another thing with the smart E911. It also registers your cell phone right. to be tied to that, too, because a lot of people don't have home phones anymore or they don't use them when they're dialing 911. What's a home phone? Landline? Yeah, exactly. I know I have one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give Andy the number, though, because he'll prank me and it's just not good. Oh, Honestly, yeah. the only reason I have a landline and I've kept it since we had my kids is because uh, I think Aiden was three or five, my oldest. He had a seizure and we had to call 911. Wow. It was very scary. And my phone, my cell phone was kind of bugging out. So I ended up having to use the landline. So I kept it around all these years just to call 911. I hopefully never have to use it. But <laughs> hmm. Wow. Yep. You just never know. So it's good to have that set up ahead of time. Like Andy was saying, mm-hmm. you can put your kids' medical conditions in there, what pets you have, mm-hmm. you know, so. So they can look for, for that if you have to like, right. home so, yeah. yeah. And then I know I've seen decals on, on houses and when you know, like, I've got a pet here that, mm-hmm. that doesn't come from you guys. Does it? Uh, we may have passed out those stickers at some time, but the fire department. Yeah. In the 1980s, bro. Greg, that's 1983. <laughs> you weren't even born yet. Were you? <laughs> that was the year I was born. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, oh, he's a baby. He's a baby. Is he? Oh, okay. In many ways. <laughs> you can't say that anymore. I'm 40 now. I'm 40 now. <laughs> he did have an adult beverage, you know, uh, a malted kind that he was sipping out of a straw. I thought that was kind of odd. I've seen that before. <laughs> little sippy cup. <laughs> oh, dear. I had to take the binky out first. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yes, see, he's revealing a lot of his yeah. private stuff. Yeah. That your therapy stuff must be working because normally he's yeah. very guarded. See, I'm like really he's relaxed. Really, yeah. You know, it's just like makes people comfortable, and they just start talking. Yeah, later on, to be playing the game. Sorry, with his kids. There you go. You can get a lot out of your kids. You start playing games like that. We do, and then we argue. Oh, no. I'm like, you're not sending me back to start, kid. <laughs> Use that starting card on your sister. You can practice your conflict resolution skills. There you go. Very true. Oh, my God. That is funny. Yeah. (laughs) Boy. But uh, so if if somebody listening uh, wants to be part of EMA, what do they do? So uh, if they want to be a part of EMA, what I would recommend is they give us a call uh, at 462-8654 okay. to Director Lance Bella. Uh, you know, our volunteers come from a variety of backgrounds. As you see, like, I'm a yeah. clinical psychologist. Uh, we have other people. You're a doctor. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah. we have people who have been, you know, electricians or, mm. you know, work for uh, transportation mm-hmm. or computers just it's a lot of diversity and background because what we do is quite diverse mm-hmm. in the different areas so we work with radios so there's communications we work with uh, various vehicles so there's mm-hmm. maintenance and mm-hmm. upkeep of those you mm-hmm. know, assets uh, there's computer you know work sometimes that might need to be done uh, your computer screen wall I've heard about and seen pictures of that's so cool yeah mm-hmm. yeah no the emergency uh, operations center the, yeah, yeah it's really and that awesome. was put together by the volunteers right yes yeah. it was put together all by uh, two volunteers who mm-hmm. had a good background in IT so yeah, yeah that's, pretty that's good that's amazing yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is really exciting and then uh, 
yeah, outreach, so working with the public. So you can see there's a lot of varied skills mm -hmm. that come into play. And so there are trainings that we do also to, uh, because of the equipment that we have, uh, we want ever to make sure everyone knows how to use that equipment, so we do trainings to make mm -hmm. sure that happens, uh, so not everybody's safe. And Wow. Now, do you find at certain parts of the year you do more training than other times, or is it not we really? We do it pretty much all year. Okay. Uh, so we have our regular emergency management uh, volunteer meetings are once a month, and then we have a training night once a month. So we're training all year. So what's a volunteer meeting? Uh, or can people go there if they're curious? Or is, it would go through Lance, go and through Lance would probably uh, say? Lance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. to go through Lance. So we have trainings at on-site in emergency management but they also go through uh trainings through the indiana department of homeland security oh, wow. trainings so like this year i went to a fighter fighter leadership class that came here so somebody from the firefighter academy from the state a couple people came up and did that training at uh, valpore university wow so that was great but yeah throughout the years i've gone to all kind of different trainings and incident management and um, emergency response. Uh, one year I went down to Anniston, Alabama to the FEMA center down there for the COBRA training, which basically was in uh, pandemic response. Mm. Uh, and so I got to kind of be part of a mock incident management team dealing with pandemic, learned about pandemic flu, and then got to do some hands-on training with how to you know de do decontamination and oh wow and uh yeah so that was pretty uh pretty interesting yeah, yeah it's neat, it's neat. So, something different yeah yeah I've done a lot of different things so yeah we're constantly training mm -hmm. um doing exercises practicing for yoga well, push-ups sit-ups and eh, so run a mile <laughs> that, that, that's not I, the kind of exercise well, I do you're exercise looking at almost day, but yeah, <laughs> not quite like that, so, yeah. that's what andy needs Hey, hey, I do need the <laughs> So, yeah, the exercises are basically kind of mock incidents. Yeah. Okay. And stuff. Oh, those kind of exercises, yes. not the video. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very specific, was I? <laughs> no. yeah, so we, we don't know where we're going on this show. It just yeah, kind of goes right. in all different directions. It's you, kinda, know. you know, it's kind of like, you know, when I do my job, I'm like, I don't know what I'm just going to go. Let's just see what happens. It's the opposite of teaching because I've taught also yeah. as well. Yeah. It's so it's completely different. I used to train counselors when mm -hmm. I was in my doctoral program, and you had to like, no, you don't have to have a lesson plan. You just kind of go in and see what happens. Just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. So wow. Kind of neat. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Wow. Well, Andy, what else? Yeah, we got a few minutes left here, Andy. Uh, anything else? You I would just. I would just ask, what is the uh, time requirement? So if someone is interested in volunteering, yeah. how many hours a week or month or what are they looking at? Well, there are training requirements that we have. Uh, so our volunteer meeting is probably like between one and three hours a month and kind of the same for the um, uh, monthly training. But then we have uh, it set up so that people have to get so many hours in different areas. Uh, it's it's nothing that isn't doable. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like 20 hours a week or something like that. But uh, yeah, we do have a set of minimum requirements that volunteers actually came up with a couple of years oh, ago. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, and if you meet those requirements, then you're eligible for that stipend at the end of the year. Right. So right. That's how that works. Yeah. yeah. I was just asking because I know Greg's got a lot of free time on his hands since he doesn't take vacation. <laughs> so. <laughs> right. Uh, Yes. Yeah, no, that's the thought. But, you know, my, my whole thing is, you know, if you don't have time to give that commitment to it, it's, uh, you know, you got to, like you said, there's a couple, you know, a training and a meeting. You yeah, know, there's you definitely gotta be, a commitment. Like, you mm -hmm. have to be able to go to those two meetings, mm -hmm. you know, twice a month. And then be available if a disaster happens, you right. know, that kind of a thing. And for so. our events, so we have mm -hmm. so many hours required in outreach to mm -hmm. be able to uh so being at the event, you don't have to be at every outreach event, but mm -hmm. just enough. There's so many per half year that's yeah. required to do. So, no, it's all good. Yeah, no, it's great. It's wonderful to interface with the public and get their mm -hmm. questions. And we have a wheel that people spin for prizes, and they have to answer a response question. Oh. And we give them something for their, you know, disaster kit, like a emergency blanket or oh, that's uh, cool. A little mini first aid kit. Okay. Like that. So, Andy, you'd like that. You like free stuff. Oh, I love free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, other than that. Uh, you want to give a shout out, Angie, to anybody? Yeah. Uh, well, I'd like to um, thank uh, uh, Lance Bella for working with me. You know, all these years. Uh, 
also uh, Sandy Appleby, Jean Marie Thompson, mm-hmm. and also my parents, uh, mm-hmm. Judy Valenti and Richard Valenti, who will be listening, we'll be to, listening this. to this yeah. podcast or when, it, when Andy puts it out there. Yep, and my sister <laughs> Alicia. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, hello to them, too. <laughs> yes, and, and thank you for joining us today and taking the time to sit in a, oh, a no, dark, dreary good. room with Greg. I oh, know it's disappointing. My God. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. All right. Well, that's our show for the week. This has been WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz, and we look forward to spending some time with you next week. Take care. Have a great week. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye, Porter County. Good night.